What is up? We are back. Thursday matinee edition, preview of week 18 edition on this Thursday, January 6th. I'm your host, Randy Hammond, on this episode 89 with my co-host, Matt Bushnell. Matt, I'm assuming it's much warmer where you are than it is where I am. You know, it's, it's a chilly 63, Randy. The problem is it gets cold in these in this house of mine, and it's just hard to warm up. You know, I put on my winter jacket, I put on my robe. You know, I have to turn on the stove to get like that fire feel. It's it's a rough time here. It is a rough time during the winter. Tell you, that warm weather makes you soft. I got to say it, it really does. 63. I'd be wearing shorts and a tank top outside giving everyone a show. So uh, not not too uh, warm here. You know, 30s. You're going to snow tonight. So love, love that. Uh, like I said earlier, episode 89. We're the last of the receiver numbers here. Um, we are going through these numbers like hotcakes. <laughs> um, and I, I'll just say the first person that comes to mind for me um, as a Giants fan, someone who was way before my time, but when you're a Giants fan, you're lectured about history and tradition your entire life. And a famous and very popular Giant in history is Mark Bavaro, a tight end from the 80s, won the Super Bowls with the Giants, had an iconic run where he just had guys dragging on him, just barreling through people. Mark Bavaro is a massive name in Giants history, and that's who I think of when I think of the number 89. I know Kadarius Tony wears it now, but um, to me, it'll always be big. Mark Bavaro from uh, times of the past. Matt, do you have a number 89 for us uh, for us today? Yeah, I absolutely do. John Mackey. How can we forget the great John oh. Mackey? So bravo to the Hall of Famer. Look at that. I knew you were going to get one. You were concerned about not having one. And only a matter well, of time. You, one, you one, know, one you, last minute, like I do my best work under pressure. <laughs> I do. I know that actually. I believe it or not, I do know that. After you know over a hundred episodes, you know, I know we're episode eighty nine of this show, but we've done previous shows. We've been we've done a lot of these, so I know yeah. this point. Yeah, no, no, not our first rodeo. Absolutely not. Uh, but it is our second rodeo of twenty twenty two. See what I did there? No. Uh, <laughs> but it is the first rodeo of week eighteen for the NFL. Uh, when we made our preseason predictions, all of our records were all off because we didn't know what to do with this extra week, how it was going to go, uh, what it was going to be like. This would normally be wild card weekend. But because the season gets extended a week now, I don't know if they wanted the games to matter more. I think if anything, they might matter a little bit less. Truly, one game is winner take all. Um, and we'll get to that one. This is the last game of the season, the regular season anyway. But my favorite part of this week, Matt, we get Saturday football. So it's not just Sunday. Normally they pile all these games on Sunday. We get two games to kick off week 18 on a Saturday. So let's just jump right into it. We're going to do our preview show. The Chiefs. Uh, still have a chance. They already clinched the division and, and uh, playoff berth, obviously. Um, they still have a chance at the one seed. Uh, they open up as 10 and a half point favorites against the division rival Broncos. I think um, everyone saw that Drew Locke was going to play for Denver and bet the Chiefs because now it is 11 and a half. So um, I think the Chiefs have something to play for. I still think they're kind of looking for themselves a little bit. So I don't think by any chance they're going to express their starters and just kind of go into this all willy nilly. I think they're going to go make come in here, try to make a statement and hope. Uh, they get lucky and get the one seed. So I like the Chiefs here, and I like the points. Yeah, I like the Chiefs and the points here, too. I think we talked about it on Tuesday's show, Randy, how sometimes, you know, losing a game like that can really wake you up and really make you realize we can't play football this way. And if we do, you know, the, we're not going to be long for the playoffs. And in some crazy, weird scenario, 
if somehow the Chiefs and I believe you said the Titans, if both of those teams were to lose and the Bengals were to win, they'd be yes. the number one seed. <laughs> yes. So I, I think for all purposes, the Chiefs are going to put that to bed. They're going to go ahead and win on Saturday and clinch their spot in the playoffs and not have to worry about any Cincinnati shenanigans. Yeah, I mean, coming off of that loss, I mean, they had a commanding lead and the defense gave it up. Uh, I think the defense for sure needs to play in this game. The last thing I yeah. want is for your defense to have a game like that and then go two weeks without playing a game. That sort of thing just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. So I think I need them to come out and pick on Drew Locke. Like I know it's Drew Locke, but at the end of the day, you need to have a strong performance to get your confidence up. So I expect that to be the case here. Give me the Chiefs a 31 to the Broncos 13. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs 34 to the Broncos 10. With Drew Locke at quarterback, I hate that matchup. I don't I don't know how they score a touchdown, mm. but uh, probably Vic Fangio's last game with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, it might be Pat Shermer's too, uh, <laughs> who yeah. took the high road after Joe Judge's comments. So I don't know if you saw that, but um, yeah. the, the Broncos have a veteran coaching staff. I don't know what they're going to do. It looks like they're going to change ownership. But we'll talk about that a ton in the offseason. I'm sure yeah. we'll have a clearer picture of what that looks like, um, you know, by the time free agency hits. So, uh, all right. The other Saturday game this is Saturday night and is an NFC East battle between two playoff teams. I hate my life because I hate <laughs> these two teams more than anything. Uh, but they are both uh, going to be in the postseason. Dallas, the year NFC East champions in 2021, and the Eagles have secured a wild card berth. So, really, uh, they're just playing for seeding purposes. Um, I think that if you're a Cowboy fan, you need your team to start looking like the team you expect them to be the defense has been really good Dak and the offense doesn't look right it didn't look right against Arizona it really hasn't looked right outside of the Washington game for over a month now um Philly isn't just going to roll over either I think Philly in this game January 9th uh or January yeah it is January 9th um cold it's going to be bad weather Philly's going to be running the ball Philly wants that higher seed because if they could get the higher seed and potentially get the Cowboys again, I'm sure they would love that. I think that's probably what they're going for here. Uh, they want to avoid the Bucs, I'm sure of it, because the, the Bucs are going to be that team that everyone doesn't want to play with Brady's just sitting there. So uh, both of these teams have a lot to play for despite already having uh, playoffs clinched. Yeah, I, I think the seeding is really what comes to the forefront here. And if you're Dallas, you got to be thinking about it because you could be facing a team like the Cardinals or the Eagles or the 49ers is still very volatile in those spots um, when we start getting like to four through seven. So mm -hmm. if I'm one of those teams, I got to think about if I'm Dallas, I, I, if anybody's injured, we know Micah Parsons is not playing. I, I don't think it would be so bad if you ended up the four seed because you, you may get a team like the Cardinals and at Thank home, you, yeah. you know, you probably don't want to see Kyler Murray in Dallas again. Because we just saw that. Yeah, <laughs> we did. As the story goes, Kyler does not lose in Dallas. Yeah. So it's kind of rough because you're going Saturday night. You don't know what anybody else is doing. So it's hard to just lay an egg here and let Philly just go ahead and play their guys for seeding purposes. And like you said, I mean, it could end up being Philly. Um, but I, I think Arizona actually might be locked into the five seed now that I think about it. Because yeah, they have 11 wins. I don't think anyone else can get to 11. So, yeah, I think for Dallas, you want to get to that three seed to avoid, you know, Arizona. So then you're looking at Philly or San Francisco, possibly. I know San Francisco is still on the edge. They have not clinched a playoff berth yet. Right. So to me, if I'm Dallas, I, I want to win this game because I want to be the three seed. And if mm -hmm. if you don't, 
and you end up getting Kyler Murray in Dallas again, I don't yeah. love it. But I, I like the Eagles to cover this game. I, I think I, I, I'm leaning. I don't know, Randy, if I want to go Dallas or Philly here. Micah Parsons, such a huge blow for that defense because I yeah. believe he's the best player on that defense. So I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles to win. I, I think the Eagles plus the points, they should get the win here. I'll go Eagles 24, Dallas 23. Yeah. Um, and this line opened up at seven and a half as Philly home dogs, which I was pretty surprised about. Um, yeah. Sarek Philly has won a bunch of games in a row. Uh, and Dallas just came up coming off of a loss. And like you said, Mike Parsons isn't going to play. Um, so I was surprised about that line. I think the public is too, obviously. That get that The line now is Philly plus five. So no matter what, I, I'm liking the Eagles with the points there at home. <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to like that bet. Um, but the seeding is everything here for the Cowboys because if they can get the three seed, um, then you can get – which I'm not saying San Francisco is what you want, but if you can get Jimmy Garoppolo, that's a much better situation to me anyway than getting the Cardinals again because you saw what Kyler did. Kyler seems to be superhuman in that building. Um, if you get the three seed, you could get the Saints. You could get the Eagles. <laughs> like you, There are other options that you'd rather have um, than, than to play the Cardinals. So uh, I, I, I would expect Dallas wants to win this game, but if they're already resting, guys, part of me just thinks they're just trying to get into this thing healthy. So... Uh, I like Philly. I like him at home. I uh, I think they're still they're 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 still a little embarrassed from the first time around because they wore those beat Dallas shirts and the Dallas kind of clowned them on national television. So um, I like Philly here. Uh, I like them in a close one. I'll say 24-21 over Dallas. So that's Saturday. So then you have your your scenarios here: Tennessee win one seed, lose. Not the they're the two seed and the Chiefs are the one seed. And then at this point, the Cowboys and the Eagles seed based on you know Tampa wins, um, and and however else shakes out the Saints, uh, the 49ers, etc. Like we're not going to be able to break down each and every single one of those because there's a lot of dominoes in place, but we can get put you in the right situation to kind of understand how this is going to shake out. Um, but we're not just talking about those games. There are several games that are being played that mean nothing, <laughs> and our teams are involved in two of them. <laughs> um, but they mattered us because they have draft picks involved, especially uh, my team has draft picks involved. Um, the first game on the docket here Sunday uh, in the early slate is your Bears uh, traveling to Minnesota to play the Vikings. And this is a weird spot because several COVID-related issues seem to be plaguing the Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins must have given his offensive line <laughs> COVID after he was placed on the reserve list. Um, if, that, if that's the case, and it's Sean Mannion, uh, I got to like the Bears here. But if it's, you know, the, the Vikings are what, somewhat healthy, they'll probably make it a respectable 8-9 and nine season for them. Uh, because if not, they're both going to be 7-10. and 10, And what, the Bears are going to finish second in the division somehow after the, yeah. all of this? I don't know how the hell that happened. Um, but the Bears opened up as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Now now uh, they are uh, no Vikings opened up as two and a half point favorite. Sorry. And now it is five and a half. So uh, I think the public likes the Vikings in this spot. To me, it's still a little bit up in the air. Yeah. Justin Fields was announced to be out of the game with COVID. He was supposed to start, but he, I, I don't understand. Like is the isolation period for vaccinated players also five days? Because I thought if you had two, you know, negative tests that you could come back and play if you're vaccinated. So mm -hmm. I'm a little sketchy on the rules here. I don't know if Justin Fields is technically going to be out for everything. It sounds like he will be out. Um, if you, if you're on Twitter, so <laughs> that could be a dangerous web when you start weaving that one. Mm -hmm. But to me, it all depends on who starts a quarterback. Andy Dalton played like dog crap last week. I don't, I don't love him here. I, I would prefer Nick Foles 
if you ask me, if I had my choice between the three, Fields, Dalton, or Foles, I would go Foles. Um, I don't see the benefit of playing Fields in Nagy's last game. It's just, you know, let him just start off with a clean slate for 2022. With that being said, this Bears defense really put the clamps on them in Chicago. And I don't know who's going to go out there and play for the Vikings. I think we all know that you know, this is probably Zimmer's last game with the Vikings. I kind of felt like they had to make the playoffs, especially with as many close games that they lost this past season. It's just, it feels like that momentum builds on a head coach. And for those reasons, Randy, Robert Quinn's going to finish the year with 20 plus sacks and the bears are going to win this game somehow, some way. I don't know. I, I can't, I can't give you the formula, but they're going to win it. And Bears in the points, that's easy money. Give me the Bears 23 to the Vikings 20. God, you know, this is going to how this is going to go for me, right? I've been egging on all year. The Giants are going to have two top 10 picks. Bears are going to win, finish 7 and 10. Everyone else that needs to win are going to lose. And the Giants are going to end up with the 12th pick in the draft. And I'm going to lose my freaking mind. That's what's going to happen here. Yeah, Just probably. Because. Yeah, and then the Giants will win like a dumb team on Sunday, and I'll have six and twelve, which I'll, <laughs> I'll get even more angry. Um, <laughs> I, I need I, I'm for my own sanity. I'm going to pick the Vikings, but I don't love it. I don't even really like it to be honest. Um, but I think Cousins will be back. I think that that time frame has passed. Um, yeah. And at home, I, I just think the Vikings are a little bit better. Uh, Chicago is you know a little bit tougher place to play. Uh, this is in a dome, obviously. Justin Jefferson, I have going to have a, a nice day. Dalvin Cook. Might have a nice day. Uh, so give me the Vikings. Uh, I'll, I'll give some respect to the Bears defense here too. So I'll say Vikings 19 to the Bears 13. Because if Andy Dalton's starting, definitely don't like that either. Yeah, I mean, it was 17 to 9 last time they played. So yeah, really lower scoring, but those two guys still have nice days. Just can't find the end zone. So. Yeah, no, Dalton sucks. I don't like <laughs> if Big Dick Nick started, they'd win. It'd be win. They'd well, win. You'd have a winning record. Level. You'd be you'd be Super Bowl favorites. That's right. Damn right we would. <laughs> All right. Well, now we're going to end uh, this season for the state of Ohio uh, in the AFC North, and it's the Cleveland Browns who are eliminated from the playoffs, uh, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this line opened up as Browns favored by two and a half, and it is now six. I think the news of Joe Burrow sitting out this game probably affected that line just a little bit. Baker Mayfield also not going to play this game. So we get Case Keenum uh, against Brandon Allen. So, you know, really set your DVRs for this one, folks. Um, Hey, since he's not out of it, I mean, if, if, you know, the Chiefs win Saturday, obviously they have less to play for. Um, They already have won the division. They're already in the playoffs regardless. And honestly, I think they're one of these teams you don't really want to play in the playoffs. I, I think they're very dangerous. I think Burrow has kind of elevated his game. And I love—I I don't normally love sitting guys, but I do like sitting him in this spot because the last thing you need is to him to get hurt in this game. Um, I, you need him as healthy as possible. So um, the Browns at home, I think they just want to end their season on a high note. I think, they're, I think they're better with Case Keenum at this point as long as they turn the ball over and they run with Chubb. They're driving me nuts with how much they use Chubb or how much they don't use Chubb this year. So give me the Browns just ending the season on a positive note and maybe some Baker questions to go along with it. Uh, So I like the Browns. I don't love the spread at six, but I also don't know what to make of Brandon Allen. So maybe I do. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, Really depends on if the Cincinnati defense comes to play, like if their ball is to the wall, I don't know if the Browns can beat them by six points. 
So that's like the question for me here. It's like Baker Mayfield's out. I, I like Case Keenum better than Baker a lot this year. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I'm going to go Browns here just because I think Burrow masks so many deficiencies in this offense. And the it, line. <laughs> yeah. And specifically. Yeah. Brandon Allen's going to get killed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like the Browns plus the six. Um, this is probably one I'd stay away from. Um, if I do bet it, I would hope for the push, <laughs> break even on this one. It's just yeah. a bad game to bet on. But give me the Browns 27 to the Bengals 18. So kind of a under the radar year for Miles Garrett, but I should point out he has 18 sacks on the season. I expect him to have 20 after this game, uh, given the Bengals offensive line situation. Uh, I, I saw one thing in particular about sack rate between these two teams, and it's at 9% for Burrow and Baker. What's noted here, what should be noted here, is that the Browns have the fourth best offensive line in the NFL. The Bengals have the 30th best offensive line in the NFL. So a sack can be to the fault of the quarterback. And I think yep. that stat is very damning on Baker Mayfield because you hold the ball out too long. You're not decisive with your reads. You, you overall just don't really know. Like you're not confident in your decision-making burrow just oozes confidence and swagger. Absolutely love the guy. So I agree. Losing him in this game is a huge blow. So give me the Browns uh, 17 to the Bengals 10. All right. Battle of Ohio in the books. Congrats to the Bengals. I, I can't believe how much I love watching the Bengals this year. That's truly, truly a delight to watch them. Uh, all right. Your division time now uh, going up, wrapping it up in the uh, NFC North. The Packers uh, are going to Detroit or Ford Field, where it seems like Aaron Rodgers does something insane every time he plays there. I feel like every time he makes an incredible throw, it is at Detroit. Um, but this get, this old line opened up at two and a half, uh, Lions home dogs, and now it's three and a half. Um, as far as I know, Aaron Rodgers practiced today and is going to play, I guess. I, I They already clinched the one seed and the division. Um, maybe this is stat padding time for the MVP, perhaps. I, I don't know if I love that decision, but ultimately I don't think his numbers are the best in the league and maybe he wants to make sure of that. You know, I, I know we talked briefly on the top of the show about um, the Chicago sports writer, Hub Arkish, you know, in my opinion, a really good man. And he trashed Rodgers. And I don't think it was unjust. I, mm -hmm. I, I think everything he said about Aaron Rodgers is 100% true. I think he's an ass bag. And I do think that, you know, whatever you feel about the vaccination, that doesn't play into it, but Rodgers, put his team in some pretty bad spots, um, you know, being untruthful, having other people have to answer that, you know, and now you get your organization looked at in a lot of different ways. But when it comes to the MVP, this is where I have to separate it. Like, undoubtedly, if, if you take him off the Packers, they are the worst team in the NFC North. It's, it's, it's not even close. I mean, I think the Lions are better than them. We saw when the Chiefs went to go play them, and the Chiefs were still struggling at this time. And this is kind of when they started getting the ball rolling to getting back to who they were. But Jordan Love couldn't do anything with this offense. No. So with all that being said, as long as Aaron Rodgers plays, and as long as it's against the Lions, he's going to toast them. I, I don't see the Lions winning this game. The Packers already clinched the first round by. So for them, why not tune up a little bit? Yeah, just go ahead, get ready for the, your playoffs. You already have a bye week, so just stay sharp. Do everything full speed. And I think that plays into Devontae Adams' quote, Randy, 
what he said this past week about, you know, don't do drills half speed. Don't, don't do this stuff for Instagram. You know, if you want to be the best, you go full speed at everything. And I think that's kind of the mantra that this Packers team is probably going to adopt. And they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. And they're going to show Detroit why they are the one seed. So I'm going to take the Packers and the points. Give me the Packers 31 to the Lions 21. Yeah, look, I don't think uh, a requirement for MVP uh, is being a nice person. No. <laughs> in the NFL, you know, ultimately uh, you got to have a little bit of, a, of an edge and perhaps you, you're you allowed to be a bit of an asshole. Um, and I think if if his uh, stance and if his actions off the field cost his team more, I think you'd have a valid argument with what he tried to say. Um, ultimately, um, he missed one game. And I think it kind of showed his value even more in that one game that he did miss because Jordan Love, as you said, was was pretty uh, incompetent when he was out there. So to me, Rodgers is the MVP. I know he doesn't have the best stats at quarterback. I think Brady has him uh, a little bit more. I think maybe uh, Josh Allen does too. But there's value. I mean, there is – I mean, not a lot of guys, maybe not ever, who could do what Aaron Rodgers does with the football in his hands. I don't have to like the guy. And honestly, I do respect him as an athlete because I – I just appreciate what he does on the field. It's it's an art. It is truly beautiful to watch, and I can kind of separate the two things. Yeah. Uh, I would advise anyone with a boat to separate the two things because what he does off the field, as long as he's not breaking any laws, and, I mean, you could say, well, he lied to his teammates. Yeah, it's, it's dumb, but it doesn't mean he broke any law. Uh, as far as I know, the rest of his teammates still love the guy. So, to me, <laughs> that's all I need to know. Well, um I mean, let's be real. I mean, Lawrence Taylor won an MVP and everyone knew that he was snorting lines, you know, not, not sidelines, snorting cocaine lines at halftime. <laughs> You're right. No, I mean, that, I think a defensive player, that, that's more encouraged to be crazy. You know, I think when you're a quarterback, they want you to be a little bit more uh, professional, um, maybe presidential, if I will. Uh, but, hey, Aaron Rodgers, for the most part, I thought had carried himself well. I know he's been distanced to the kind of uh, a guy who's always had an edge and been this little snippy time and time again. But um, on the field, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that he is the MVP this year. Uh, Lucas, I know you're, you don't think he's the MVP. But the toe injury, I think you maybe you could take into consideration as well if he really does have a toe injury. That to me, the season's even more impressive. So, does he um, even have toes? Maybe not. You're right. Maybe he doesn't have a toe. It's all uh, a lie. Maybe the big toe just doesn't exist. And honestly, I, I feel like I need to reevaluate his entire career at that point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the Packers uh, plus three and a half or uh, you know, minus three and a half uh, in Detroit. As long as Rogers plays, he might just play the first half. Regardless, I still think it's enough. Uh, Packers roll 31 to 10 over the Lions. Uh, yeah. All right. Moving on now to uh, these are all division games if you haven't caught on yet. So now the AFC South, the Colts uh, have a win and in situation. All they have to do is beat, uh, damn, this team in the way of them, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have locked up the number one pick in the draft. Um, so regardless, they are picking number one. Uh, they Colts have opened up as 15 and a half point favorites. It remains at 15 and a half. Um, this is in Jacksonville, and I don't love what I saw from the Colts last week, but I know they were in certain, certain COVID circumstances. I kind of, I'm not I'm probably going to regret this, but I think I like the Jags to cover, but ultimately I like the Colts to win and, and secure their playoff spot. I'm done with Jags covering. <laughs> I, I've tried it. I've been down that road. I've picked the Jags left and right. No more Jacksonville for me. It's a terrible place. Don't go there and visit. Stay away from Jacksonville, Florida. 
I, I'm taking the Colts to cover here. I, I, I don't trust them. It's going to be that simple. I expect a big day from Jonathan Taylor. Give me the Colts 35 to the Jags 9. Duval. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know, I don't know what it is, but I just think you have one last chance this year to do anything. So um, you already got the one pick. You have nothing, literally nothing to lose. You have all the chance in the world to spoil a cold season. And I don't think they're going to get the job done, but I do think they'll make it just a little interesting. And how about Trevor Lawrence show us why he was the unanimous number one overall pick? Because he hasn't. And uh, the last couple of weeks, he's looked bad. And I want to blame it all on coaching, but at the end of the day, we've seen other guys overcome situations like this. I want Lawrence to come out and actually look like the guy that we expected him to be. So give me the Colts to win. I'm going to say 31 to 20 over Jacksonville. So Jacksonville covers and the Colts still win handily. I think it's a big number and I'm willing to try that. I'm probably going to regret it. Don't get me wrong. It's probably going to end up being like 35, nothing, but whatever. I'm going to give it a shot anyway. All right. We'll come back to the AFC South in just a second. You know what? We're going to stick in the AFC South. We're going to oh. do this in order. So now that eliminates the other two teams, the Titans, the one seed in the mm-hmm. AFC as of now, opened up as 10 and a half uh, point favorites over the Texans on the road. It is now 10. The Titans, they win. They're the one seed and they get the bye. If they lose somehow, they already did lose to the Texans at home this year. It should be noted. Um, no Henry, no A.J. Brown. They do have both of those guys back for this game. Uh, and then the Chiefs would be the one seed if the Chiefs were to win. So Titans minus 10. You think they take care of business or do you think the Texans could play a little spoiler here? You know, I like this line a lot better when it was 10 and a half. <laughs> I could see them covering at 10 and a half because, you know, the 10 point win. I can see. I, I don't see how Tennessee loses this game. Um, I think the Texans, I'm, I'm going to begrudgingly say they still cover. The Texans always kind of feel a little bit feisty. Tyrod Taylor, a quarterback. Then you got Davis Mills who came in, and he's been looking pretty good. I mean, you can you make an argument that maybe Davis Mills should have been the number one overall pick yeah. with, with that crap that he's working with. Um, yeah. To me, it really depends on can they contain Brandon Cooks. Um, I'm going to roll with the Texans to cover. I think the Titans win, but Texans will cover. Um, final score, Titans 27, Texans 24. I like that score. I do. Uh, I kind of think the Texans, I mean, as far as feisty goes, they've been much more feisty than Jacksonville has this year. That's not even close. Um, So the Titans, they just do this weird thing where they come out and they just like looking like they're flat. So like I could see a situation where they're losing at halftime and then they roll and they did activate Derrick Henry this week for the first time, I think since week nine. So I expect him to get some workload. Um, You can't just have Henry coming in raw into the playoffs without playing for two months. So this is a huge game, I think, for Henry. So I agree with you. Texans cover, Titans win. I want to say Titans also score. uh, No, I'm not going to say 27. I'll say 28 to 20 over the Texans. So we're in the same ballpark, but yeah. All right. We're not going to, in our rundown, I I skipped a game just because I wanted to keep it in the same division, but now we're going to go back. Yeah, well, no one needed to know that. I just wanted to be transparent. Uh, going back to the AFC North now, where the Steelers also have a very long shot of a chance to make the playoffs. They need some help, but they also need to take care of business. First in Baltimore, uh, who opened up as four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Steelers, and now they're six-point favorites, which is pretty wild. I don't really like what I've seen from Baltimore. How could you? They've lost uh, five in a row. Um, but – 
here's the thing with the Steelers. I feel like their season ended last week. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> feel like they gave Ben his swan song in Pittsburgh. They were riding high. And now they come back and Baltimore goes, you know what? You're not making the playoffs on our watch. I don't think so. I think <laughs> Jim Harbaugh just looks at it and goes, you know what? We might be eliminated. We're not letting these guys get a chance at the playoffs on our watch. So whether it's Tyler Huntley or Lamar Jackson, I don't know if I like them to cover, but I think the Ravens uh, have a chance to spoil Big Ben's uh, season and career. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Ravens here. And Ravens coached by John Harbaugh, not the brother Jim Harbaugh. Oh, I messed that up. I should put a $5 bill in that jar. I'm going to do that. You really should because when the Bears' next head coach takes that podium wow. and, and it says Jim Harbaugh on there, you'll know who he coaches for, my friend. I know the difference, too. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> well, Bad job by me. Pleated khakis. um i i like the ravens here a lot i I think they can do a lot of different things i like them better if lamar jackson comes back i think it would be an important game for lamar to come back and finish up strong um you know and i agree with you i i think the ravens are petty enough to be like you know what screw you we're out but you're going to be out too and it's just going to pave the way for other teams to make the playoffs like the colts so i think it's pretty simple to me um, I'm going to take the Ravens. I'm going to take them to cover. I think Big Ben plays a terrible game. I don't see him having very much success, even though Baltimore secondary is not that great. But give me Baltimore 29 to Pittsburgh's 18. I just look at how the Ravens played against the Rams last week. And I think the Rams are just a much better team than the Steelers are. I don't know if Stafford's been bad lately, but even a bad Stafford, I would happily take over Big Ben at this point in time. So um, I think the Ravens can cause some problems. This is a rivalry. This is probably one of the better rivalries we've had in football in the last 10 years. I know, obviously, we don't have the same, you know, Ben, Flacco, you know, type of quarterback play necessarily when the same defenses, like these used to be hard nose, uh, just beat up, beat you up football games. Like there are stars too on both sides of the ball, not quite to the same level, but these teams clearly don't like each other. And if you remember the first game, this was the first two point conversion debacle for the Ravens <laughs> where uh, John Harbaugh decided to go for two to take the lead. Uh, and that play got um, kind of blown up and then Lamar overthrew Mark Andrews a little bit. Um, I think this time around, if it is Lamar, I I want Lamar to come back and finish the season on a strong note. I think he's had a weird year with the injuries and stuff. I would like to see that for him. Um, The other aspect of this game, though, we might not have we might have a new NFL sack leader, (laughs) a single season sack leader uh, in this game. I've mentioned him for the last few weeks. Um, If T.J. Watt has a half of the game that he had last week. He will be the new NFL sack king. Uh, Actually, no, he'll tie it at 22 and a half. So he needs two and a half sacks to break Strahan's record. Uh, Is he at 20 half? One and a half. He's at 21 and a half. Okay, so he needs one and a half sacks. If he gets two, he's got the record. Um, So uh, I expect that to happen. TJ Watt has been an animal all season long. And if that's the case, he is the defensive player of the year. No doubt about it in my mind, because then the Steelers somehow going to be 8-8-1. and I can't even believe that that's the case because <laughs> you and I both think that they're not that good. So <laughs> TJ Watt is a huge reason for that. Um, so uh, despite that, Big Ben has a real stinker to end it here. Uh, and I like the Ravens. Six is a big number. I don't know if I like the six, um, but give me Baltimore 24 to 20 over the Steelers. All right. All right. Larry, Matt. So one more game left on the early slate and – you know, it, it, we this wouldn't be a show if we didn't talk about the Giants, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but boy, boy, oh boy, 
what has happened to my New York. Do they play football giants? Um, at one time they were four and seven and they were in the, in the hunt graphics. Remember that they were like, Oh my God, the giants fans were going nuts trying to plan out how they're going to finish nine and eight idiots, man. I'm telling you idiots are on Twitter all the time. <laughs> um, they have proceeded to lose every single one of their games since uh, and not really be competitive in any of them. Um, so the giants now four and 12, Joe Judge is going on tirades and press conferences lying about players wanting to play for the Giants. Straight up, never seen anything like this. A coach just going rogue, like they, calling out other teams that he's playing this week, by the way. Washington is the team that had a fight on the sideline. Judge calls them out, calls out Pat Shermer, the guy who had the job before him. This guy has lost his mind. Like, show some respect. Clearly is in over his head. And I think when you get emotional at the, in the press conference, you start to try to defend yourself and maybe you stretch the truth a little bit. He stretched the truth quite a bit here. <laughs> and, yeah. and to me, whatever the Giants thought they had, maybe they were confident that no matter what happened, he was building a good culture and it didn't matter if they were losing, that he's building the right thing. I think you have to throw that out the window. I, I think the last three weeks have shown you that this guy is in over his head. They don't play any sort of uh, competent football. If you watch them, the offense is completely inept. Like I know Mike Lennon sucks. Like I know Jake Fromm sucks, but there are backup quarterbacks coming in and making plays. Like there, it is possible. It, it, it can happen. The Giants still have players that around them that could make this happen. So uh, it appears to me that whether he wants to believe it or not, that the team has quit. Uh, you lose 29 to three against the Bears. I, I think you would say Matt Bushnell, especially with Andy Dalton, the Bears stick. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get beat up by the Bears that much. And he did. So you open up as six and a half point home dogs to the Washington football team. Now you're seven point home dogs to the Washington football team. I think you pissed off Washington, first of all. Um, Washington, six and 10. They're out of the playoffs. They have nothing to play for. This is one of the games that means absolutely nothing, by the way. Um, but to me, Washington's going to say, no, screw you guys. Um, you're, you're in the cellar in the NFCs for a reason. You haven't had a winning record at any point in time in the last five years for a reason. Fuck you guys. And they're going to bury the Giants, and hopefully they bury Joe Judge and get his ass out of town, and they can take Dave Gettleman and stick him on a boat and <laughs> ship him off to Nantucket, and we never have to see him again. So Washington, the last game is the Washington football team, mind you, because they're going to announce a new name next month. Do me a favor. Just end this. Make it so we don't have to see any of these clowns ever again. Embarrass the Giants, please. And I, I give me the give me the Washington football team. Give me them big. I'm talking 42 <laughs> to 6 big Washington at MetLife Stadium. Oh, man. You remember a couple of years ago when the Giants and the Washington football team were battling for draft position? Yeah, and they got Chase Young. <laughs> yep. And, and, and I think everyone thought that the Washington football team was going to destroy the Giants that year. History is going to repeat itself, my friend. Put a skin on the wall for Joe Just No, I'm kidding. I'm taking no, Washington no here. The Giants suck. I, after what I saw last week, uh, this team's got no guts. They hate their coach. They hate every, They hate playing with each other. They just hate life in general. And when you go for negative 10 passing yards in the NFL, I don't think you're going to win that game. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Washington 31 and no, I'm not even going that. I'm going to take Washington 20 to the Giants zero. Please get shut out. That'd be amazing. That Jake Fromm is playing quarterback in this game, by the way. <laughs> Mike Lennon got hurt last week. So I don't know if that's an upgrade or not. But regardless, it's going to be bad quarterback play for the Giants. But boy, oh boy, this team, 
uh, since the day the Giants traded Odell Beckham Jr., I have truly uh, my pride of the of the team has taken a big hit, and I have been at, at he, like head to head with a lot of Giants fans about this, and they have like, oh, give it time, it's okay, you know, they won that trade, and oh, they you know they're, they're turning the corner, all this stuff. This team, this organization as a whole, sometimes, I mean, it's not even sometimes, most of the time, whatever it is that they do is wrong. It's it's incredibly impressive to be wrong all of the time. And I, this stat, and I said it earlier, I have to I have to reiterate it because it's that impressive. The Giants had, and not at any point in the last five years, since the boat photo, the original boat photo, and against Lambeau, against the Packers at Lambeau in the wildcard playoff game in 2017, they have not had a winning record at any point in time. They have not been 1-0, 2-0, none of that. Not any point in time have they been over 500. They haven't even been to 500. They, they don't even have to be like 1-1. One one. It's, it's ridiculous how bad they are, and they just rip any sort of hope or optimism that you could possibly have about them. In the last five years, them and the Jets have the worst record in football, 22 and I think 58, about to be 59. Um, it, it's it, And this is, my, by the way, MetLife Stadium, where the winners are, um, the Browns went 0-16 in that time frame, and the Jags lost 20 consecutive games in that time frame. And the Giants and Jets still have the worst record in the last five years. And I know I'm going on a tangent now, but this is how much the Giants frustrate me. We don't have to talk about them anymore after this show, so this is why I'm getting it out now. we got one more. Uh, <laughs> we got one more episode to talk about them. I'm done. Like I, I, I need them to blow this thing up because it has gotten to levels that I never thought it would get. And, you know, I've gotten criticized in the group this past week about my complaining about the Giants. Look, I would never, ever in my life complain about the Yankees. The Yankees would never get this sort of punishment from me. But you even said yourself, Matt Bushnell, this level of incompetence should not be supported or backed by any fan. This is <laughs> this is next level bad shit like this. Like I know the Browns and all the Lions fans and all the other fan bases who haven't ever seen them win are like, oh, sh- squit your bitch. And like, I would not be complaining if they weren't the worst of the worst. And right now, I can't think of a team who's worse of a watch than the Giants, and that's including the Jags. Yeah, I mean, it's bad from top to bottom. But the big thing is, Randy, our next episode on Tuesday, shameless plug there, catch us on Tuesday. But um, that is the day after Black Monday, where right. all, all the head coaches, so we're going to have a lot more clarity on who will be coaching the New York Giants in 2022. I have a bad feeling it's going to be Joe Judge, uh, but I, I, this is why I need them to, to to just get embarrassed so they can ship off Joe Judge, let him go coach a college program where maybe his message resonates, and then for Jacob Moses right here, they can send that dusty ass bitch Dave Gettleman out of my life and I never have to see him ever again. I'm so sick of that guy. Get him out of here. I'll be much happier just to know he's not running the franchise anymore. So. All right. There you have it. My last <laughs> Giants regular season rant of the season. Please, God, if there is a God up there, just let this be the end of, of truly a horrific era of, of uh, organizational ineptitude for the Giants. All right. That's the late, that's the early slate for week 18. Still have a few games here left uh, in the late slate. Uh, and all the games here basically are, are left. There's no bye weeks. This is all the marbles. And uh, now we go to the uh, NFC South and the Panthers traveling to Tampa Bay to play the Bucks, who the Bucks have been all over the news the last couple of days. Um, Antonio Brown drama. They officially released him today. Um, Matt, do you want to talk about that before we get into the game here? Uh, I mean, we can, uh, I mean, to, to me, no news is good news when it comes to stuff like this, this saga is completely ridiculous, but let's go ahead. 
Well, it's hard to even get into it really or like keep up with it because Antonio Brown is releasing text messages, calling out Tom Brady's trainer now, uh, releasing messages between him and Bruce Arians. Um, Antonio Brown, uh, this just shows me how talented the guy truly is because people are, are, are literally defending him and then and, and taking his side of the story as gospel, um, which I think some of it might have some merit, but I think also Antonio Brown isn't somebody you can just take his, he's not a man of his word. Uh, so um, I have no idea i have seen you know at any given sunday i've seen movies where coaches take advantage of their players and i've, I've known that's been a thing since football was invented i understand that um i also don't think antonio brown handled the situation well so um i guess I, i'm playing sort of a centrist angle here because i don't really know what to believe i sort of lead on the buck side of things because antonio brown time and time again has proven um that he's a head case and he does not deserve the benefit of the doubt in this situation um Today, like I said, they officially released him. I think, you know, if he has a serious ankle injury, he'll get that taken care of and maybe he'll be back next year. That's from his his own mouth. He, he literally sent that out earlier today. So we might not have seen the end of Antonio Brown, but man, this Buck story is one of the more bizarre things I can remember seeing in a long time. Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, they were talking about that there was a sideline skirmish between him and Brady because Brady was targeting Gronk more than AB and, you know, the report comes out today, and this comes from a credible person, and Adam Schefter, I think one of the more upstanding, you can count on when he reports something that's pretty true. Apparently, it happened at halftime. In the locker room, A.B. was in the locker room throwing a fit because he wasn't getting targets. So to me, when you start talking about, you know, my ankle, my ankle, my ankle, and then you're doing all that, you're yeah. bitching about targets, and then it comes out, that you were really arguing with Tom Brady and it was happening in the locker room at halftime. And then you're doing jumping jacks and running. It's a bad look. And look, what he said about the injury, when you have that much adrenaline flow, you know, flowing through your body. Yes, absolutely. Um, What he did with that ankle could happen. I, I, I know some people, say that, oh, that's, that's impossible. You're, there's a lot of things you can do with a lot of adrenaline flowing through your body. And he's a professional athlete. And keep in mind, it's an ankle. You know, at the end of the day, it's an ankle injury. It's not like he tore his ACL, which takes that stabilization of that leg completely gone. So everything being created equal, how else did we expect this to end? Like th- this is about what I expected. It, it was always a ticking time bomb. Do I blame BA and the Bucks? Yeah, you should have never signed him. Like I don't know what you thought was going to be different. I mean, he had Tom Brady in New England, and then he's still going after the owner Robert Kraft, posting um, pictures of the rub and tug where he visited frequently. Mm. So we take all this into account and everything. I'm just kind of like. I, I really don't have an opinion on it, Randy. I just find it utterly ridiculous on both parties. Did the Bucks mistreat it? Yeah, but guess what? So did 31 other teams. Yeah. Every, every team pushes players out there to play. When, when you're making that big of money and when you are a difference maker, a team is going to do everything it possibly can to get you out on the field because you are an investment. You are not a person. You are an investment. So always remember that, whether it's college or the NFL, their main goal is to get you out there because they look at you as dollar signs. They do not look at you as who you are. So now that we got that out of the way, 
I can't wait for the next dumb franchise to sign AB, and it's probably going to be some team that thinks they can salvage him. And what's the next team, Randy? The Dallas Cowboys. Mm. That would be something. I would love that because I just would love to throw a little ticking time bomb in an organization that I think is actually <laughs> doing things right. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I, like I said, every level of, of athlete, like every level of football, this is happening. Watch a movie, watch somebody getting banged up and a coach tries to push them beyond their, their measure. Football is not for the weak of heart. <laughs> it is not for someone who is fragile. This is a tough man's game. I'm not saying Antonio Brown is not tough. He's a hell of a lot tougher than I am. When you play in the NFL for 10 years, you're a tough, you're a tough guy. Don't get me wrong. You are. Don't give me this ankle thing. <laughs> they were actually trying to get him his incentives. I, I yeah. like. I think that's lost in all of this. Like he needed a certain amount of catches, a certain amount of yards, and I think they were trying to help him out with that. They gave him chance after chance after the vaccination thing. Um, and look, this at the end of the day, if you're a Bucks fan and you're a Bucks organization, this is not a failed experiment. You won the Super Bowl, and Antonio yeah. Brown was a big reason why. So you cannot look at this and say, "Well, damn, I wish we didn't sign Antonio Brown." Hey, it worked out. <laughs> it might not be the greatest ending, but at the end of the day, he helped you win, and you can't be mad about that. So yeah, I mean, he got busted with a fake vaccination card, which is a felony. So a felony. he he should have been cut at that point. There's there's no reason why he should have even got to this point. But you know, like like we said, this was the way that it was always going to end. It wasn't going to end any other way. Yeah. And I'm not defending the Bucks, but I think if you're someone who is maybe a Steelers fan or loves Antonio Brown, look at the guy's track record. <laughs> he has shown you that he has this in him time and time and again. And honestly, it's a diva, retrie- a diva receiver trait, but I think this has even gone to another level. Like I know T.O. did the sit-ups in the driveway. Um, I know Odell had the incidents that he had, but this is almost beyond any of that. Like this is, um, you know, like I've said mental illness in the last show, like this is borderline that for me. Um, and maybe he's not right in the head and I'm not trying to give him that excuse, but at the end of the day, Antonio Brown has shown us this side of him on way too many occasions. So when someone was still saying how, how it goes, Matt Bushnell, someone shows you who they are, believe them. This is Antonio Brown and this is what he is. So um, I guess now we talk about the game, the Bucks now without Antonio Brown and without uh, Chris Godwin. And once we're stacked with weapons, no Leonard Fournette either, um, still find themselves in the playoffs and they're doing it with just random guys. So they get the Carolina Panthers and week 18. Uh, they opened up as seven and a half point favorites now. That number is at eight. Um, they don't have a ton to play for. I guess they could lock up the two seed. Um, I think that still has value given Green Bay's playoff success at home. Uh, if you can get people to come down to Tampa, I would suggest they do that. Uh, although I think they could play uh, who is their backup quarterback, uh, is it Gabbert, <laughs> and probably be able to and be able to beat Trask. Panthers. I think K- Kyle Trask. I think it's Kyle Trask. Trask. Yeah. You might be right. Um, regardless, um, Darnold, Newton, Rule, I don't care who it is. Um, the Panthers absolutely suck, and uh, they uh, have completely imploded. So I like the Bucks here, and I don't think it's going to be that difficult for them. Yeah, I mean, I like the Bucks here, too, for a lot of different reasons. But can someone please tell me what the hell happened to Scotty Miller? I mean, he was like a folk hero last year. Now he's completely fallen off the face of the earth. He was hurt a lot of the year. Yeah, so I, I don't know. If he comes back, maybe that gives him an extra weapon for the playoffs. To me, this is an easy win. Um, if I'm the Bucks, I play my starters, and if I'm cruising to a win, you know, you, you can rest them. I think the Rams game going on at the same time. See, this is why I think the NFL is so brilliant, is to have these games going on concurrently that affects each other's seeding. 
like who cares about Dallas? You know, it's like uh, Tampa Bay or the Rams for the two seed. That's what everyone's tuning into. So for for me, I'm interested. I think the Bucks win though and lock up the number two seed. Uh, I'm gonna say they cover. I'm gonna say the Bucks thirty four to the Panthers twelve. I, I I think that team hate plays. I think that team is hating having to play for Matt Rule. Yeah, he certainly looks like he's going to get fired, and he had a seven-year deal. So uh, great job, Carolina, with that hire. Um, <laughs> this, uh, You're right, because I love red zone. I watch red zone typically during the fantasy season. Obviously, the fantasy season is over with, but this is an underrated fantasy week, uh, underrated red zone week because there's still a lot to be determined, and it's still like, okay, you're not relying on fantasy points, but you're going to be going back and forth. What's the, what are the Bucks doing? What are the Rams doing? It's going to be one of those situations. Let's get the double boxes up. Let's figure out what's going on like the, the witching hour and the late slate for red zone i'm gonna miss red zone so i'm gonna watch it one last time before it's gone for for eight months or whatever it is but this is gonna be a great week for it especially in this time zone so yeah the bucks are gonna take care of business i don't think it's gonna be totally dramatic here um i'll say 27 to 6 i don't know where the panthers score i, I they they looked awful last week they really looked awful for you know yeah. two months now so um i don't know what they do with sam darnold i don't know what they do with rule the panthers have a ton of uh, decisions to make in the offseason uh one be i mean it seems like they have an owner who's committed so that's good but uh overall i don't know what they're going to do and i wouldn't expect a complete overhaul for carolina in the offseason yeah all right me neither i know not in the rundown but since you mentioned the rams you want to just jump and talk about the rams now because yeah. If that, that way we can sort of figure out, okay, this is for the two seed. So if the Bucs win, they're the two seed. But if somehow the Bucs were to lose and the Rams won, the Rams would be the two seed. Um, and I think also if the Rams and Bucks both lost and the Cowboys won, they'd be the two seed, which I think is pretty unlikely. But um, the Rams uh, are at home at SoFi Stadium. They get division rival, obviously. All these games are division. NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers, who have a ton to play for uh, because it's not guaranteed they make the playoffs. Um, I don't know if it's winning. I think it is winning in for the for the Niners, right? I mean, if, as long as they take care of business, they are in. But if they lose, they could still make it if the Saints lost, I believe. Um yeah. I think uh, if anyone understands that better than I, I think that is correct. Um, yeah. But the Rams get the Niners big, big game for the Rams seating wise, big game for the Niners for their postseason lives. The Rams opened up as four and a half point favorites. It is now at four. I got to say, so it's winning in for the Niners. Henry confirmed if they take care of business and they beat the Rams, um, they are in. And then, like, like I said, the Saints lose, the Niners are in. So uh, there's a couple chances for the Niners here. I don't know what the Jimmy G situation looks like because if it's uh, if it's Trey Lance, I, I do not really like the Niners very much in this game at all. Um, and, I, and, you know, I don't think the Rams are just going to lay down. Obviously, why, why wouldn't they want to knock out their division rival and get the two seed in the meantime? Um, so if it is Trey Lance, which Henry, if you're in the comments, can confirm for me, I, I, don't, I haven't seen the latest on that. Uh, I like the Rams a lot more in that situation. Matt, do you think even Trey Lance can uh, pull this off with the Niners season on the line? No, because here's the other side of the coin. The Rams lose. They no longer get a home playoff game because that goes to the mm. Cardinals because the Cardinals would win oh, the division shit. with the tiebreaker. Oh, so they haven't clinched the division yet. They haven't clinched the division yet. Okay. So there is heavy implications. The Rams have to win this game. Um, so – I, at least I'll double check on that. I'll have to double check. If someone in the comments, I'm not sure if Corey Decker's out there somewhere, but I, I do believe the Rams have to win and then they get the division win. But yeah, this is a monumental game for the Rams to win. And what happens here is 
I don't necessarily believe that the Niners with Trey Lance, a rookie quarterback going against Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they just have a ton of weapons and the Niners are going to have to really run the football better than they have. And it's in LA. I, I, I'm going Rams here because I think the Rams have more to play for and it's going to suck to lose out um, if you're a Niners fan as, but you know, you don't have a first round pick anyway. So yeah, yeah, either way, but Matthew Stafford, Cooper cup, it's just, it's too many weapons on offense for this team. You know, Van Jefferson, I really like a lot. So Cooper cups going for some records. He might be able to get it. Matt Stafford worries me because he's thrown some really horrendous interceptions as of late. Um, if the Rams lose this game, I, I don't know what you do. If you're the Rams, you have no first round draft picks. You have no salary cap space. You mortgaged everything for this year, basically. So to me, it's as about as must win for the Rams to get a home playoff game than anyone else. So go ahead and give me the Rams and the points. You know, I think the Rams are favored by four and a half. It's four now. Okay, so why not? Give me the Rams 31 to the Niners 26. Yeah, so Jimmy G, the last on him was that he was cleared. Um, it hurts. He, his own words that his thumb hurts, but he was able to practice and he still has a chance to play. A thumb injury playing hurt against the Rams. I don't love that situation. And I also don't love the Trey Lance uh, situation either. As Henry wants to point out in the comments, the Niners have won 5-0 against the Rams. Uh, the first game of the, the, that they won this year was the first game Odell played for the Rams, if you remember. Now Odell looks like a really nice compliment to Cooper Cup. Uh, it yep. seems like they figured out a way to use him. It seems like Stafford is beginning to trust him more. He has... I believe scored five touchdowns in his last six games. So um, Henry doesn't think Garoppolo is going to start. So I like the Rams even more if Trey Lance starts, just throwing that out there. So if the Rams have not clinched the division, like, like you said, they need to win this game. And I think McVay knows that. I think Stafford needs to have a nice day. And with two corners on the COVID list, as Henry says, Cup, Odell, uh, Van Jefferson, maybe even Tyler Higby going to have a nice day. We're going to maybe get some Cam Akers action here who tore his Achilles in July, who somehow was already back. I have never heard of that. I mean, good for him. So that would be cool too, to see. Sorry, Henry, but I like the Rams in this spot. Give me them. And I like them to cover 27 to 20 over the Niners. And then don't know how the saints lose. And we'll get to that one in a second. So it might be the Niners on the outside looking in. And then, I mean, you can blame injuries, but I think you had your chances. All right. Uh, now we're let's, gonna go back up in our rundown, Matt. What's up? What's up? Well, let's go to the Saints and Falcons game. I, I think that yeah. has some immediate impact. Let's sure. Let, let's do that because the Saints are going to Atlanta. Uh, they opened up uh, as four and a half point favorites on the road, and now it's still now it sits at four. So uh, maybe some love on the Falcons there. Um, but to me, the Saints, as inconsistent as they are, I trust them much more than I trust the Falcons. The Falcons were eliminated last week, and the Falcons actually stink at home <laughs> quite yeah. a bit. So uh, the Saints uh, with Taysom are much better than the alternative. The defense is actually solid. So by default, I think. Mara has a, a decent day and the saints by what we just said about the 49ers, the saints would be the team that gets that seven seed in the, uh, in the NFC, which would be pretty crazy considering how just Jekyll and Hyde they've been all season. Yeah. And you know, Henry is making a case for the Falcons to knock out the saints because it's a rivalry, but let's just play out this scenario. Who does Tom Brady usually play the worst against? Uh, the Dolphins. No, the oh, saints. Really? 
Well, yeah. Oh, now, of course. Yes, now. now, of course, the Saints. So let's just play this string out. So Tampa Bay wins, which we all expect in the late slate. Then the Saints win. Tampa's going to get the Saints. Oh, look at that. That is a nightmare scenario for Tampa Tom, Tom Brady. Jeez. <laughs> that is not what they're going to want. And I think that's what they're going to get. I think the Saints win here because I just I can't see the Falcons score. Uh, Kyle Pitts is going to be out. Um, I think I saw that. So Kyle Pitts isn't playing. And now with that being in play, you have so much stuff going on. And this doomsday scenario, and I know I saw Pedro earlier in the chat. If if Tampa gets the Saints and we just saw <laughs> them beat them nine to nothing, like yeah. and then Brady throwing a hissy fit at Dennis Allen, telling him to something F off or whatever he said to him. That's this, interesting. This is going to be epic. So please, please, please. I, you know, an Eagles win and a Saints win and a Rams win, all this coalesces to give me Tampa versus New Orleans part three. And that would be six times they have met Randy in the past two years. So we would almost, we might be able to, no, we, we wouldn't, but we would almost have all the divisional games uh, in the wild card round. Like it would almost be Rams, Cardinals, and Bucks, Saints, and then it would be Dallas, Philly. But I think it's going to get flipped ultimately. Yeah, <laughs> I think it'll be Rams, Philly, and Cardinals uh, against the. Uh, I, don't know, I lost my train of thought, uh, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, you're right though. That would be a hell of a game. Maybe history repeats itself. Uh, maybe you know the, the Saints won both regular season games and the Bucks. Uh, yeah, and the Bucks kind of got lucky in that playoff game last year. <laughs> remember, uh, we had, they had a fumble by a tight end that really turned the, that game around. But uh, you know, maybe history repeats itself, and instead of in New Orleans this time, it's in Tampa Bay. So uh, I love that. I I never even that never even crossed my mind that that was possible possibility here. But I think based on our predictions, that's what we're looking at. Yeah. So you like the Saints to cover the four points? I like the Saints to cover the four. Give me the Saints twenty four to the Falcons fourteen. All right. Yeah. I like the Saints 21 to the Falcons 13. All right. Uh, hey, credit to the Falcons, though. They were relevant up until week 17. I definitely did not see that coming. So uh, good for Arthur Smith. And I think they're going to be going through some changes, too, because Calvin Ridley looks like he wants out. Um, yeah. Matt Ryan has a noodle arm. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, all right. So now let's go. Uh, we can finish up the NFC West or we can go to the AFC East. So we haven't touched on the AFC East at all. So uh, let's just knock those two games out right now. We're going to go to Florida and Miami where the Patriots go to play the Dolphins, where they lost opening day at home uh, to the Dolphins. Different scenarios all around. The Patriots already clinched a playoff spot. They win the division with a win and a Bills loss. Uh, they, like I said, already a wild card team. The Dolphins open up as six and a half point home dog. I do not like that line at all. Uh, the they were eliminated from the playoffs after they lost the Titans last week. So their main focus or main objective is to perhaps spoil the Patriots' chances of winning the division and ruin their seating. So maybe they have to get the Chiefs in the first round, which would not be ideal for them, obviously. Um, I like Flores and the Dolphins in this spot to cover, and it's still six and a half. So uh, I kind of like them to cover. I don't know if I like them to win, but I certainly like those points. Yeah, I, I like the Dolphins to cover. I think the Patriots win. Um, I th Brian Flores is a good coach, so he's going to try to give it his all. And 
the Dolphins will play hard. I think they may end up with a different quarterback next year, rightfully so. Um, at this point, I'm just, you know, like I said, last week really just took all my Tua love out of me. I just, yeah. I, I was hoping for more and it just fell so flat, so bad. I'm just out on it. So give me the Patriots 27 to the Dolphins 21. Ooh, well, barely a cover that half point. <laughs> the post. I love that. Uh, yeah, I, I, the Patriots, I, they never play well in Miami. They, I feel like Miami is the team that kind of owns them and uh, owns Belichick anyway. But Tua, you know, I think you're right because he really was – he had a nice string of games going. He looked like he was capable. And then last week he laid an absolute stinker. They were still bringing in Jacoby Brissett to throw deep balls in that game. Yeah. I'm like, is Jacoby Brissett all of a sudden like Jamarcus Russell with the arm? I don't understand. Um, <laughs> so Tua scares me a little bit here. But – the Dolphins, I expect them to compete, and I expect them to cover. I like the Pats 23-19 to 19 over the Dolphins. Uh, and then in the other AFC East game, and this is a win in division championship for the Buffalo Bills, uh, they get the Jets of New Jersey, which I shouldn't say because, you know, that's mean. But uh, the New York Jets going to Western New York, uh, and the Bills opened up as 16.5-point favorites. That is a massive massive number now if you're a Jets fan you remember but in 2015 the Jets came off a huge win in New England all they had to do was beat the Bills and they clinched a playoff berth they go to Buffalo and they lose and they miss the playoffs this would be hilarious if the Bills who just came off a huge win against the Patriots um, can win the division and they're in just had a stinker and lost to the Jets and then the Patriots in the division anyway. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it would be funny uh, to get a little revenge like that. But um, the Jets, I, I like what I saw from the Jets last week. I thought Wilson looked pretty good. They showed some fight. They, they're they looking like they're, they're liking each other, and I like the young players that they have. I definitely like the Jets to cover in this game, despite me not liking them to win. Uh, that's a huge number for me not to take. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Jets cover. Um, I, I could see them being feisty. I that that number is just way too huge. It's it's a huge number, and I don't think you can get to that in, in a game that the Jets need to end well on. And what Robert Saul has been doing lately has to feel you. You got to be feeling pretty good if you're a Jets fan at this point. Like, okay, you know, we don't necessarily have the results we want, but we see the culture shifting. We, we see this team fighting. Um, you know, but to me, I'm with you. I think the Bills win actually in a dogfight. I'm going to take the Bills 21 to 17 over the New York Jets. Yeah, I think you're seeing Wilson develop a little bit too. He's making the checkdowns, the the easy throws. Like I think you're starting to see him go through that those those progressions a little bit better. It's it's taken a little while, but I think you've seen some improvement. Uh, and he's using his legs a little bit more. I like that. I, when you're a young mobile guy, I need you to see you extend plays and maybe get some first downs with your legs. Like that does that that tortures a defense when they have everything covered and you can just run and pick up a couple of yards to get a first down. That absolutely is a backbreaker for defenses. Um, and with that said, Josh Allen threw three picks last week, did not look good uh, throwing the ball on the ground. You know, he's an athletic freak. I never d- denied that. Uh, he ran for two, two touchdowns despite not throwing for any. So I don't love what I saw from Josh Allen. That's why I don't love the bills going into the playoffs. Cause if you get a Josh Allen stinker like that, you're not going to be playing the jets or the Falcons. You're going to be, uh, you might be playing, you know, the, the Colts or the Titans and or the chiefs, and you're going to lose that game. If Josh Allen plays like that. So I think the jets, 
I, I would love to pick them to win. I would, but I can't. <laughs> I, I, I would never get myself to trust the Jets that much. I do trust them enough to cover, though. Uh, I like them. So give me the Bills, 24 uh, to the Jets, 13. And that way, you know, the Bills win the division and Jets still cover. So, all right. Uh, we got a couple more games, right? Or one more game? We got then, cards uh, against um, – Two more games. So yep. one game left of the late slate, and then we got Sunday Night Football. So the Seahawks going to play the Cardinals, and now this game still is relevant for the Cardinals. As you mentioned, if the Rams somehow lose to the Niners and the Cardinals win, they win the division. Uh, they already clinched a playoff spot, and they got a huge win over the Cowboys last week. The Seahawks have nothing to play for this unless they get up and play. This could be the last game for Russ and Pete Carroll. But part of me kind of thinks it's like the Steelers situation where they did that last week. They put up 51 points against the Lions. Russ looked good through four touchdown passes. They go out on top. Good. You had your swan song in Seattle. Now you go down to Arizona, and this is where you come back to reality and realize you're not that good of a football team, and Arizona takes care of business. So I kind of like the Cardinals here. The line opened up at six and a half. It currently stands at six and a half. So uh, it's a bit I, – I mean, I can see the Cardinals win by a touchdown, so that's what I like here. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I do think that the Cards win here. I think it's going to be – an easy cover for him. I think Seattle's checked out Russell Wilson, um, you know, maybe his last game in a Seahawk uniform. So that that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on here. He may want to go out with the bang, but I just think the Cardinals are too talented, um, you know, and DeAndre Hopkins is should be back for the playoffs. Um, what I do believe, I'm not sure if that's accurate, but if, if they start getting healthy, you know, this team's looking at a playoff run. I don't think they're going to lose to the Seahawks, that would be a really bad loss for this football team. So give me Arizona 34 to Seattle's 17. Last update on Hopkins is that Kingsbury said he was unsure if he would return for the playoffs. So that literally means nothing. Um, JJ Watt, same thing. I guess there's a chance for both of them to return, but the further they make it into the playoffs, it probably increase their chances, obviously. Um, but, yeah, uh, I love the way Kyler looked last week. I think it's a huge confidence boost for him late in the season. Antoine Wesley stepping up and making plays for them somehow. Uh, Chase Edmonds stepping in for James Conner did a nice job, I thought. And the defense played really well, too. I really, really like the way Simmons is playing. He's all over the field. He's punching the ball out here and there. So uh, I like the Cardinals to take care of business and maybe end the Pete Carroll-Russell Wilson era. Um, so give me the Cardinals – uh, 28 to 21 over Seattle. That leaves us to the truly winner take all matchup <laughs> of the week. And this, this is what it's all about. This is all right. I'm in, I win, I'm in, you win, you're in. And then that's it. There's no alternative here. All the other results have happened. The only thing that can make this game less entertaining is if I think if the Steelers lost uh, and um, the Colts lost, <laughs> these two teams would just need to tie, and they were both in. <laughs> now, I don't know what the likelihood of that happening is. Well, it would be pretty crazy if they just kneeled the whole time. Like, that would be pretty interesting. <laughs> well, they're division rivals. I don't know why they would agree to that. But uh, in that rare scenario, that would be quite the uh, interesting shakeout. So it's the Chargers traveling to Vegas to play the Raiders. Winner, take all, making it into the playoffs as a wild card. I can't believe we're here with the Raiders right now. I say that every week, how they're still alive after all of the stuff that they've gone through between John Gruden and Henry Ruggs and now, you know, legendary figure John Madden passing away, an interim coach. 
injuries galore all over the place. You have players getting arrested every other week. Um, <laughs> somehow, some way, they are here and they have a chance to make the playoffs. Very impressed. And my opinion on their season is not going to change if they lose this game. But what's crazy is I oddly trust them more than I trust the Chargers. And I shouldn't because I love Justin Herbert. But for some reason, Derek Carr just has it this year. He just finds a way to win some of these games. Um, but the line opened up as the Raiders as two and a half point underdogs. And now they're three point underdogs. And I I don't know if the Chargers deserve that kind of respect, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I love Herbert. and I think he's an absolute stud. Um, but for some reason, the Chargers just have this Philip Rivers stink on them always. And I can't seem to shake it right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm riding the Raiders here. I am a believer. I think this team is destined for the playoffs. I think they may even win a playoff game, depending on who mm-hmm. they match up against. D- Derek Carr is just you talk about MVP, maybe he should be the MVP. And I'm not joking about this because I don't think there's another quarterback in the league and Rogers leadership has been questioned left and right, rightfully. So Um, I'm not sure if Tom Brady could have willed this team to this type of survival. I mean, this is what it is. It's just survival. They're just trying to survive to get through to the next week. And now they find themselves at nine and seven, could be 10 and seven with the win here. And I think they get there. So I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders mm. 27 over the Los Angeles Chargers. Man, that's so weird to say still. Um, it is weird. It's so weird. <laughs> it, it's very weird. To their it should 20... be Oakland for San Diego. <laughs> it's 27-26 Raiders. And the Raiders wow. win because of a missed extra point. That would be so freaking Chargers, too. It really would be. Yeah. Um, I say all of that to say this. Talent is so important in the NFL. And the Raiders have, you know, Hunter Renfro is a good player. Max Crosby's a pro bowler. Derek Carr, I think the world of him. I think they have a good offensive line, good running backs. Overall, the Raiders, what they've done is so impressive. The Chargers have talent all over the place. Justin Herbert, uh, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams has had a great year. The tackle that you and I both wanted doesn't allow sacks literally ever. Like, it's ridiculous. Joey Bosa is still a stud. Derwin James is healthy. Like, this is a game the Chargers, to me, need to win. Like, Justin Herbert needs to show I'm the guy. Like, everyone's not all of a sudden, oh, I'd rather have Joe Burrow than Justin Herbert. Okay, well, let's say Justin Herbert on national television. Why don't you show the world why you're an absolute stud and this deserves to be a conversation for the next 10 years? So I'm reluctantly going the Chargers because I would love for the Raiders to win for John Madden. I would love this story. But for me, I'm a Herbert stan, and I have to go with my guy here, and I think he's going to light it up. I think he's going to have his way and take care of business. But I do think it's going to be a great game. I think Derek Carr is going to put on a show, too, and go out with a bang. Give me the Chargers 34-30 to over the Raiders in the last regular season game of the year. And Henry asked, where does Carr end up next year? I'm going to make the boldest of bold predictions here. Derek Carr signs a 10-year deal with the Raiders. I could see him being a lifer. Yeah, I I just – I can't – what he's done and the amount of support he's shown that organization, I don't think you ever let him walk out the building. Yeah, I mean, if you have a guy like this in the building who has gone through everything and has shown nothing but grace and class every time he's been hit with something – 
you can't let that guy leave. And if you're dumb enough to be willing to trade him just because you're frustrated with where you are as an organization and you didn't do the right things to put him around him, shame on you. And if you're an organization out there and needs a quarterback, give up whatever you can. Like if you're, if you're Washington, he, he fixes so many of your problems and you're the best team in the division next year right away by having Derek Carr. Like you're, if you're the Steelers, you're the, you, you're, you're right back into it. If you're the Steelers, if you have Derek Carr, there are so many teams lining up to have this guy. Um, I think the Raiders would be silly to let him go. And I'm kind of with you. I think he's a Raider lifer. And I think everything he's done for the organization just this year alone warrants that. Yep. All right. That's the NFL. Week 18, we did it, Matt Bushnell. We've, we've previewed, talked about every single game of the season, the NFL, the game we both truly love. But that's not all. We don't have Monday Night Football, technically, but we do have football on Monday night. <laughs> it is the College Football National Championship, and we are going to talk about it because this is what we do. We talk football. We previewed the College Football Playoff and some of the other bowl games. I kind of loved watching the bowl games. A lot of them were blasts, but still some entertaining games nonetheless. I said it was going to be Alabama versus Georgia. You said it was going to be Alabama versus Michigan. Michigan just looked overmatched by Georgia from the very beginning. The speed of Georgia, the town overall, there's a reason they were the best team in the country all year long until that SEC championship game. And this is the crazy part to me because it's one versus three on a neutral site, and number three is favored. That tells me how much Vegas loves Georgia. They are favored by three over Alabama, even after Alabama gave them a schlacking in the SEC championship game. I know that there's a ton of respect for the talent on Georgia, but you and I think, I think you and I both agree. Saban is literally foosball Satan. I don't know how you can be against the guy. Yeah. I mean, Vegas is just asking you to pick this line for Georgia. You know, they want you to take the Georgia and the points to me. I, 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 I will not bet against Nick Saban ever in life again. Like I've tried to convince myself. I just don't think in a big game, any team is more prepared, more calm, more collected, just used to being there. And Nick Saban's never lost to any of his assistants ever, ever has never lost a game to any of his assistant coaches ever. And I think Alabama wins and I'm, I'm going to go Alabama in similar fashion to the sec championship game. I think Alabama wins 42 to 28. So I will I, – someday I will bet against Saban, but here's what needs to happen. You need to be Clemson. You need to match yeah. their talent level, and you need to have an all-time quarterback. You notice the games they lose, they lose to great quarterbacks. They lose yeah. to Deshaun Watson. They lose to Joe Burrow. They lose to Justin Fields. Like, they lose to quarterbacks who play at the next level. Um, Stetson Bennett, uh, <laughs> not a guy I imagine who's going to play at the next level. There, Georgia has a lot of pro players on their, on their team. Don't get yeah. me wrong. They don't have it at the right position. Alabama has the quarterback advantage. They have, and they match Georgia with the talent on the rest of the team. To me, that is enough for me to say, how does Georgia win this game? The SEC championship game was essentially a home game for Georgia. It was at the Superdome in Atlanta, and they still got smoked. Now it's at a neutral site. They're still favored by three. I don't see how, uh, unless Georgia's like still, uh, Georgia could pull off this game and I'll be like, wow, they really are so talented, like good for Kirby Smart. But it's one of those things where you need to see it to believe it. And I've said that I feel like five times the show, but it's true. You bet on what you know, and we know Saban doesn't lose to these guys. And we know Alabama is the better quarterback, and they beat them just three weeks ago. So all I can go off of is with that, give me Alabama. I don't know. I necessarily think it's going to be as big of a blowout, but I'll say Alabama 30. You said 34-28? I said 42-28. 42-28. 
I'll say 34, 30. I, I, I just want it to be a great game. That's all I'm hoping for. And uh, I don't think George, George is going to lose a heartbreaking fashion. <laughs> That's what Georgia does. <laughs> just lose in heartbreaking fashion. So uh, I'm rooting for Georgia. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, you know, I have nothing but respect for Alabama and Nick Saban. But let someone else win. And if, if Georgia doesn't win it this year, they're never going to win it. So I feel like that's been said a hundred times this year. But it's true. They are so good. They're going to have a lot of guys playing on Sundays next year. So uh, this is their chance. And I'm, and I'm, I'm rooting for the Bulldogs. So, all right, Matt Bushnell. We previewed it. We're in the books. It, it, this has been a season for the ages. Uh, the next show, as you mentioned, playoffs will be set. Black Monday will be in the books. We all have a ton to talk about on Tuesday. But before we get to Tuesday, we have a plethora of other shows under the Life Group podcast umbrella. Why don't you tell us about them? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to here. Um, we have we a little bit of a transition period for some of them, I understand. Yeah, the uh, Total Basis podcast on Sunday with um, Felipe Melicio and Austin Sparrow. Um, really fun baseball podcast, previewing fantasy baseball. So I believe those guys are going on Sunday. Um, Dong City, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, they didn't go, but, you know, baseball's kind of dead. And not a whole lot to talk about. Owners and players refusing to talk. Yay! Mm-hmm. Not looking good for spring training. <sighs> and then um, we have the step back with Leon Tompkins and Jacob Anthony Moses on Mondays. A um, lot of stuff to talk about in the basketball world. Kendrick Perkins oh, yeah. came out and laid out a big statement saying that the best duo in the NBA is DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. And do you know who the number one guard is in all-star voting right now, Randy? My guess is DeMar DeRozan. That's right. Jacob didn't want to give him any MVP love. And you know what the all-star voters have said? Jacob, you don't know basketball. Well, Jacob knows basketball. He doesn't know Chicago Bulls basketball because he's been tortured by Chicago guards his entire life. Imagine growing up as a young Jacob, having to watch the Knicks lose in heartbreaking fashion time after time to Michael Jeffrey Jordan, also known as Basketball Jesus the gift that was bestowed upon us. So I, I, I understand Jacob's wanting to just erase all those terrible memories, but DeMar DeRozan is your number one all-star voting guard right now. And I'm sure Jacob and Leon will be more than happy to talk about Chicago Bulls basketball with Zach Levine being number four in the voting right now. So mm-hmm. it's, it's close, baby. You can see that an all Chicago backcourt, rightfully so number one seed in the East 24 and 10. So, you should have taken that bet, man. Looking back, you really should have taken that Lakers bet. Yeah, it, 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 it was a mistake, but, you know, I was cautious about the Bulls. I still – look, you know, I, I know we're talking a little basketball here, Randy, but I'm scared because I don't want to see Milwaukee in the playoffs. I, I really don't even want to see Philadelphia in the playoffs against this Bulls team because the Bulls lack size down deep in the middle. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo – could have a field day with them so i worry about that but then hey, don't take it personal Giannis does that to everybody yeah for real best player in the nba for a reason yeah uh, and, and then you know we'll be back on tuesday with a, a lot of news um bears are most likely firing matt Nagy. i think it's safe to say that jacksonville jaguars will be obviously not retaining the services of daryl bevel pete yeah. carroll is probably gone out of seattle so it's I would say just prep for a little longer show than normal coming up on Tuesday, because we will have a lot of coaching vacancies to have to talk about. 
Yeah, and then Thursday we'll be back and we'll preview the uh, round one of the postseason. And obviously we'll we'll have only one uh, one team in each conference gets a bye week, so it'll be a huge playoff weekend, and I can't wait to talk about that. Um, yeah, interesting time in the NBA. Kyrie Irving make his return. I'm sure they'll talk a ton about that in the step back as well. And Leon being the resident Nets fan. So um, see, interesting to see how that goes as well. So um, obviously we're a football podcast now. You and I are versatile. We can we can talk about anything. You know, Damn right we in the can. Offseason, we, if, if we were ever in a situation where the NFL was in the lockout, give us whatever. We could talk ball. We could talk, you know, baseball, whatever, man. Hockey. Uh, that's right. You know, I'm not, not too strong there, but I could talk to you, talk to you about the Rangers for a little bit. Um <laughs> We're a very versatile group of guys. So I'm saying we we we, got, yeah, we can do it yeah. all. Yeah, we're quite many apps. All right. Well, episode 89 is in the books. Uh, I want to thank everyone in the comments and Facebook who took the time to spend the, the afternoon with us and, and listen to us uh, ramble about football. Uh, and you know, 20 the 2021 season has been a hell of a year, and now it's 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 finally coming to a close. So I hope you've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed hanging out with you. Like I said, thank you so much for joining us on Facebook. Thank you for watching us on YouTube, and thank you for listening to us on our all all of our audio only platforms. We greatly appreciate all the love and support. Uh, and uh, yeah, Matt, do you have any parting words for the audience before we say goodbye? Another season in the books, and what a season it was. Yes, please. I have I have parting words for the audience. Get Dave Gettleman out of my life and out of your life because he doesn't deserve to be a part of it anyway. So see ya, you dusty ass bitch. On behalf of Matt Bush, I'm Randy Hammond saying see ya. Enjoy week 18.